before you hit record. Well, you can go ahead. I can cut this out. What were you going to say? Where does the uh, King of England keep his armies? I don't know. In his sleeveies. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Actually, I might. I might just. I might leave that in. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> well, I had a joke about a limousine, but it was a little long. So. Oh. Oh, All right. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series ALCS Game 3 Instant Reaction. Brett Rutherford here, Danny Russell, Jared Ward. Jared, this is your re- we're going to call this your real Instant Reaction Podcast debut. You were on that mess for Game 5 of the ALDS uh, and now, now we get you in a more normal atmosphere on these instant reaction podcasts. So, Jared, first off, how are you? It's late. It's 1 a.m. Eastern time after a four-hour game. What are your thoughts on that win? I mean, it was I, I, almost a carbon copy of the previous two wins. You know, your starter goes five innings, uh, gives up one run, and the one run came off an Jose Altuve uh, home run in the first, and then – your bullpen comes in, shuts it down. We got, you know, some breaks on some defensive errors by the Astros and it got a little scary. So I would say a typical, typical raise win, a uh, little longer, but I'm still, I'm still hyped, you know, one, three, three Oh series lead, uh, commanding series lead. So I'm pretty excited. I mean, I have to agree with you, Jared, because uh, it's amazing how each of these games have been for the first four innings, five innings survive survive okay it's just one run don't panic don't panic (laughs) believing that the offense can do something and they do they do deliver believing that the defense can do something we're so used to this being the willie adamas show and he had a really strong third tonight that we could uh, be proud of but the defense from the outfielders tonight was extraordinary and and i know i know this term gets thrown around a lot with the defensive clinic but it really like I, I just don't know how else to describe it. Like, like Renfro with two amazing grabs, and that was after coming in as a defensive replacement for Kevin Kiermaier, which I'm sure we'll get to. But and then Kevin Kiermaier made two amazing grabs in the outfield, and then I don't think anything got by the the left side of the infield with Joey Wendell and Willie Adamas just scooping everything up. Even the even the ones were towards the end where uh, Correa got on base on that infield hit. You know, Wendell scooped it no up and land. To no man's yeah. land. It, it just dribbled and it stopped. Yeah, you know, I was watching, I, I think it was MLB Network this morning after the, the game two win last night. And whoever they have uh, in San Diego covering the series was saying, you know, the Rays, they do all the little things right. And my thought was just like, the Rays also do the big things right. And in the postseason, especially playing really good defense is a big thing. And the Rays are doing it, and they've got a 3 nothing series lead now. And the, the defense really has, has been the story. The, the pitching, too, even though they, they have gotten a lot of trouble. Um, but, yeah, Hunter Renfro today. Kevin Kiermaier, he does leave the game injured. Sounds like it's just a contusion. I'd be willing to bet he's back in the lineup tomorrow unless the Rays want to give him a day off. Um, but, I mean, I think he, he would, he'd be available tomorrow. If they um, want to give him a day off, it's well – deserved definitely and if there were any moment to let someone else patrol center field manuel margot has been the center fielder in this ballpark for years Mm -hmm. 
You also, like, it's still the ALCS. It's a 3 nothing lead, and we can talk about how 37 out of 38 times a team has taken a 3 nothing lead in a seven-game series. They've won the series. Oh, you, you didn't tell me that before we started recording. That's <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you, you don't want to let the Astros back in the series. And I'm not saying if you sit Kevin Kiermaier, that's going to be the difference between a win or a loss, but he's your best center fielder. And if he's ready to go, you want him in the lineup. So I I don't know what's going to happen with, with Kevin Kiermaier, but, I mean, he had a great day defensively as well. Got on base a couple of times, or the one time with, with the hit by pitch where he ultimately left the game. Um, but all around defense from the outfield. And the infield was great against it too, Willie Adamas and, and Joey Wendell. And even Yandy Diaz, who is probably the third best defensive first baseman on this team behind G-Man Troy and probably Michael Brasso. Um, but well, we know the race thing that because Brasso came in as a defensive replacement and not Troy. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, it's fine, just maybe like Troy deserved a day off after all the sports. He rest the legs, he doesn't need to come in in this game. And yeah. Brasso is probably itching to get in anyway, it just scratches the itch for him. I let's let's talk about Kevin Kiermeyer, right? So he yeah. had two defensive web gems mm-hmm. that, uh, the broadcast was very excited about one <laughs> where he wasn't exactly sure where the wall was. So he leapt in the air to make the catch. Uh, it looked like he had robbed a home run based on all the camera angles. He hadn't. That's okay. No. <laughs> he can have his moment in the sun. That's fine. Still an awesome catch. We don't need to point that out. Right. And then uh Statcast said 20% catch probability. Uh, I, I feel like most outfielders don't make that play that Kevin Kiermaier made. In an unfamiliar ballpark. In an unfamiliar ballpark, for sure. He made that catch look routine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it was on a full stretch and, you know, he was sliding across the grass there at the end of it. But he didn't have to be on full stretch with his arm. Yeah, He got to bring that arm in to catch that ball. So very impressed by Kevin Kiermaier overall tonight. Uh, and then the hit by pitch to the hand is is going to loom large. I know that he's day-to-day, quote-unquote. The broadcast said the x-rays were negative. I'm sure the post-game interviews that are happening right now can shed even more light and context on that, and we'll know more information tomorrow. Uh, prayers up for Kevin Kiermaier, though, because we don't need a broken handmaid bone. We don't need uh, any kind of injury longer than a day for the best center fielding defensive yeah. player in all of baseball yeah one, one more thing on Kiermaier he gets like knocked I guess I'd say a lot for, for jumping when it's not necessary <laughs> or making things maybe look a little more difficult than they are and and that might be true to an extent but there's a reason that he gets to these balls and he barely has to jump or he barely has to lay out it's because yeah. of that speed in the outfield it's because of the routes he takes to the ball and that's only a further testament to, to his defense. I mean, I mean, sometimes the routes end up looking goofy too. His best skill is the jump. He right. is preternaturally gifted. I would be more uncomfortable if he wasn't leaping to get those balls in deep <laughs> center field. If he would just let them come to him, I, th- I think I'd be a little more nervous about KK making that play. Jared, any th- any thoughts on Kiermaier? And, you know, we said it before, but as classic vintage Kiermaier, and I say this all the time, that ball gets hit and you go, oh, that's going to drop, that's going to drop. There's no way Kevin Kiermaier gets that. Oh, my goodness, he got to it. It's that, it's that closing <laughs> speed that just blows my mind every time that he just – the jump and then he just 
the route the routes he take, like you said, but he just closes in on the ball and, and makes those amazing catches. It's we we are lucky to have him. More impressive to me than those two catches from Kevin Kiermaier, though, were Hunter Renfro. And it's due to the high leverage nature and the complete sellout <laughs> to make the game. catches. I mean, it game deciding uh plays for sure. Uh the the first one was with bases loaded, I believe, and then the second one was a slightly easier Mm-hmm. No, the first one was with two men on, and then the second one was bases loaded. It was bases loaded. Forgive bases me there. Loaded. But yeah. the, the second one was definitely bases loaded because that's one where Altuve was halfway down the third base line thinking yeah. there's no way that he catches this. And when he does catch it, uh, that one, instead of being a full dive, this time he catches it and kind of slides feet first and is just staring Altuve down. <laughs> I want to talk about that decision by Altuve because I really thought it was more of a decision that he made to not tag up in that situation where you're down three runs in the eighth inning and you don't want to get thrown out at home. That's more of a decision I think you make in the ninth inning when you when you're definitely going to need more hits to get back in the game. But if Altuve scores a run in that situation, if he tags up and, and makes it five to three instead of five to two, uh, that's huge. In the, in the ninth inning, when you're down three, you don't want to be risking outs on the base paths, especially, you know, you, you just, you, the team needs more hits to win. But in the eighth inning, I think you risk it to try to get the run. If you're out, you're still down three runs, and, and not much changes. Uh, well, you lose an out. But, yeah, I thought I thought that was the, probably the wrong decision from, from Altuve there. Altuve made a lot of questionable uh, choices tonight. <laughs> Which is crazy. It's like Altuve, like everyone is so down on him, and and, and, and rightly so, like with the defensive errors. But the man's got two home runs in this series, two home runs in the first inning uh, off of Blake Snell and then Ryan Yarbrough today. I mean, he, he is jumping on pitches in the first inning, but not going so well for him defensively, especially with throwing the baseball. So, yeah, we said great. we used the Y word yesterday. We said yips. I'm yeah. not afraid to say it. Uh, and it proved itself out today when it could have been a double play ball, and he threw it at the feet. And the Rays ended up scoring five runs in that. And that, that was I, – I really think that was the major turning point of the game is that, you know, we're down one and it's looking like – and again, even with the Rays pitching being as similar as it is, the Astros pitching was also as today similar to the past two games where, you know, it's they're, – they're Lance McCullers uh, – uh, the pitcher today, his name escapes me because it's late at night, right? <laughs> but Urquidy? Um, Urquidy. yes, thank you. Urquidy. <laughs> um, he, you know, he he pitched great, and it's looking like okay, the, the Astros go up one. It's not looking so great, and then Jose Altuve makes it uh, an error, and then the Rays just take advantage and score score five in, in one inning. If the Rays walk away with this series in four, in five, and six, and seven, doesn't really matter. ALCS MVP, Jose Altuve. <laughs> Back-to-back ALCS, was he ALCS, yeah. ALCS MVP last season? He's, so he's going to get back-to-back. And Absolutely. Put it on his baseball record. <laughs> um, so I think this is probably the longest we've been into one of these without talking about the race starting pitcher. So let's do it now. Ryan Yarbrough. Danny, I said it last night on the podcast. With the Astros hitting the ball so hard in games one and game two, you want no one else on the mound than Ryan Yarbrough, who was first in baseball in exit velocity against him, if I'm saying that right. 
Yeah. Um, doesn't give up hard contact. A- a- exit saying. velocity allowed, if we will. Sure. And today, only two balls, well, actually only one ball was hit with an exit velocity over 100 miles an hour. It was the Jose Altuve home run. The second hardest hit ball was the Michael Brantley home run at 99 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. No other ball was hit harder than 97 miles an hour. Ryan Yarbrough goes five innings, strikes out five, gives up just the two runs on the two home runs, and did what Ryan Yarbrough is expected to do and really played a, a huge part in this victory. And even though the bullpen went for shutout, Yarbrough was fantastic. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, it's really hard to complain about confidence starting pitching from a guy who has been tugged around so much as he has this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the first two series played themselves out, it was all about Snell, Glasnow, and Morton. And it almost turns players like Ryan Yarbrough into an afterthought. But in a seven-game series, all of a sudden, he's a, a extremely... Uh, important he's needs to start not follow an opener um and the game really was on his shoulders and that jose altuve home run i mean you're right he altuve crushed it and uh i mean it just snuck over the wall don't get me wrong but it was a strong (laughs) home run and it you know the tone was a little bit off in the first inning but yarbrough really buckled in and you know with yarbrough after the um, I think it was the Al- Altuve home run, or there was an inning where he walked two batters, and then all of a sudden Yarbrough locked in, locked in, and it was two back-to-back one-two-three innings uh, from Ryan Yarbrough, and I think it was the, his last two. I think it was the fourth and the fifth inning, um, yeah. and then he came out. For, I think he came out for the uh, for the sixth, gave up the Michael Brantley home run, and Kevin Cash said, "Okay, that's enough," um, and and pulled him for uh, Peter Fairbanks which was uh, yeah, that uh, was surprising for me. Surprise. I was, I wasn't expecting Fairbanks to come in one that early, um, but high leverage, he came in and just shut it down. Um, yeah. And the rest Fairbanks. of the bullpen suit. Tonight. Was allowed by Fairbanks. It was to Carlos Correa who smacked a baseball at 111 miles per hour, but it was ground out. So we're mm-hmm. good. Yeah, definitely. Like Pete Fairbanks, because we were wondering what the state of the bullpen was going into this game. And, and I kind of said it. I was like, I know these guys have been used a lot, but if there is a situation in which the Rays can take a 3 nothing lead, they're going to pounce on that opportunity. And they did that. And it, it looked like they were committed to that by bringing Pete Fairbanks in. Obviously, also bringing in Diego Castillo um, in, in the, the ninth inning to close it out. And uh, it got a little tricky because, you know, it's not a Rays Astros ALCS game if they don't have the tying run at the plate or on the bases. So another yeah, close close call there at the end. But shout out to Dusty Baker again turning to one of his very best relievers when they're down. Uh, it, I yeah. mean, you're down three runs and you pull in Josh James and you burn him for two innings. If, if you're 
if you're gonna blow your A bullpen in a in a game that you're losing, it's probably game three when you're down two nothing. Um, because it's still like a must win game, still kind of like a do or die game. It does hurt them going into game four, but you're almost if you're Dusty Baker, you're almost not punting the rest of the series, obviously, but you got to win game three. You can't go down three nothing. Um, like statistically, you, you really can't. So, uh, yeah, but to, for, for that to happen is definitely huge for the Rays mo- moving forward going into game four tomorrow. Uh, Josh James looked really good too, and he shut down. I think he went six up, six down. Yeah, he did. So I'm with three with three strikeouts. I'm glad he's burnt. (laughs) I'd be fine with the Rays acquiring him. So I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same. There's no chance, but I was thinking the same thing. Um, Well, I mean, every night we got to talk about him. Randy Rosarena, three three more hits plus an intentional walk, reached base four times, scores one of those runs in the snake in the boot, and facing the Tampa Bay Rays. And two of those hits, I know we talk about Randy, and they talk about about this on the broadcast. Randy Rosarena loves his fastballs, mm-hmm. loves them, loves them, loves them. Yep. So, and it was very apparent today. Houston pitchers throwing him off speed pitches, and two out of those three hits came on a curveball, um, yeah. off speed uh, off speed pitch. I think one was for a double, and the other one was for a single. So right. it's great to see uh, curveball uh, curveballs that were dying well yeah. at the plate. Yeah. Uh, me with my uh, spectacles, my glasses, when I was at Florida State playing intramural baseball, uh, <laughs> curveball just slayed me because I didn't have the proper death perception. And so you're playing softball and everyone else gets fastballs and I get the curveballs coming in and I just swing and the ball never even reaches the plate. <laughs> and so I'm watching these curveballs die in front of the plate to Randy. And I'm just thinking like, oh, buddy <laughs> don't do it don't swing and never just ignore me if if you, can, if you can buy into the idea of a guy seeing the ball well uh, there's no one seeing the ball better than randy arona randy arosa reina has been this postseason yeah that that curveball that arkady throw him in the third inning that that he hit for a double he had no business getting an extra base hit out of that um, that that was uh, what you'd call a nice piece of hitting, and Randy Rosarena has been doing that all night, or all postseason. Guys, it's late. It's one twenty. I am, I'm having a hard time. But we're gonna be back here tomorrow night at the same time. But yeah, Michael Perez gets a start. He doesn't finish the game, but Zanino was gonna get the day off. He comes in for the second half. Of you know that what one. you call though, because who came in for Michael Perez? Hunter Renfro. Hey, <laughs> like, uh, I really like the way this game was managed by, by Kevin Cash. Um, because again, you see Fairbanks and Castillo, but you also see Curtis Thompson and loop. Let's talk about Aaron loop. Again, Aaron we, loop coming in three games in a row. Pitching in high leverage. <laughs> multiple people have come on this podcast this week and said that he is like the worst pitcher in the bullpen. No one said that. What did, what did Brett Phillips say last night? the worst. I said based on usage, he is not a priority. I'm saying Brett Phillips came on here yesterday and said he was the seventh reliever. How many relievers are carrying? I also now? said seventh, and that has to do with usage. Okay. So than, uh, than, than ability. Um, and, and him being lefty, and they didn't like the matchups with the Yankees, right? Yeah. Uh, whatever. Put that to rest. Uh, 
Dusty Baker doesn't have a lineup that he can do the mixing and matching in the same way. He doesn't platoon like the Rays. He's got the same nine guys he rolls out there every single game. I mean, counterpoint, Kyle Tucker had hits off of Loop the previous two years, right? So yeah. uh, there's something to be said to just letting your guys play. But yeah, he had a great night. The the one platoon that the Astros have is they, uh, Josh Reddick and Aledmus Diaz as the designated hitter. Mm-hmm. The only other change to their lineup, which we saw today, was Dustin Garneau at catcher. Didn't even finish the game. Had two plate appearances. Garneau, he didn't. Struck out in both of oh. them. In the pinch hitter he brought in late in the game, Abraham Toro. That was the, the big Canadian? bat. That was the big bat that he brought in, mm-hmm. you know, in in the game, late in the game. And I know that, yeah, the Astros just, they just aren't as deep. And it's the series isn't over yet. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But I'm sure a good at bat. We don't need to. No, he did have a good at bat. No, yeah, he, he had a great at bat against um, Diego Castillo, and I think it was an eight or nine pitch at bat that ended ended in a walk. But um... and got a rally started for the Astros. Yeah, that night definitely. Bat. But I mean, the Astros were a losing team this season, and so I I think we're seeing a lot of the cracks in that team um, come come in this series. So yeah, the Rays had a three nothing lead. Randy Rosarena to circle back to him and uh, the snake in the boot joke was a reference to his beautiful new boots. Yes. Uh, You can find those ostrich boots on the broadcast, on his Instagram, on the site. Uh, This is a Randy Rosarena fan club. uh, Yes, it is. That we also (laughs) happen to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Things that we can consider here. uh, Rosarena is the fourth player in postseason history with four games of three plus hits. Wow. The others are Jose Altuve <laughs> and Edgar Martinez and Jay Bune. I actually don't know who that is. Should Jay I... Buhner? I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I started good. watching baseball in 98. He was good. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's catching up to Derek Jeter, who has the rookie record of 22 hits in a postseason. And Rosarena is now five away from tying. Is that right? Uh, so, yeah, that sounds and then the right. final fun fact there is uh, I think it's 27 is the hits record. I believe that was uh, mm. the panda Pablo Sandoval. Uh, mm. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Jay Buhner's last full season was 1997. So that makes sense. There you go, Danny. Um, yeah, what, what a game. Another one. And again, I'm sorry if the, the energy isn't quite there. It is, it is well into the morning. Uh, and we've been doing these every day. So Here's to the Rays uh, sweeping it tomorrow, giving us a few days off. Hopefully the uh, series out in Dallas goes deep. The Rays can get settled in Texas, and uh, we get we get a few days off. So any final thoughts on, on this one, gentlemen? Um, I'll say that Brandon Lau, I'm – shout out to Brandon Lau. He's he, – um, be patient with him. He's going to run into one. I can feel it. Um, I hope it's – you know, it starts tomorrow because he had an opposite field hit that went 350 feet. He's working great at bats. Um, he's just been terribly unlucky, and I can't wait for him to go on a tear. Yeah, I'll predict a Brandon Lau home run tomorrow. If yeah, he, I'll, I'll go that next step. I, I, it's definitely coming, and t- today was was his best day at the plate yeah. all postseason. So well, tomorrow, the weather I think is supposed to be a lot cooler. So who knows how uh, the marine layer. Yeah, I don't care. Brandon Lau, moonshot, whatever weather, it's going to happen. Book it. 
Damn, One of my favorite costs. takeaways from this game is poor Austin Meadows. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, his first plate appearance, pop out to left field. Second plate appearance, pop out to right field. Third plate appearance, pop out to center. Fourth plate appearance, pop out to foul territory. Fifth plate appearance, he fouls out into the catcher's glove. Because of a foul tip. It was like, man, at least you're getting contact. <laughs> he, he, he's another one, and I appreciate Kevin Cash for sticking with uh, with his guys and knowing, just trusting the process, which has really been the kind of the theme yeah. of this whole if, if postseason run. I should be one, two in the lineup, and you yeah. think you're on your way to the World Series and you want to heat these guys up, the last thing you want to do is pull them out. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to see some Yoshi, though. Oh, I know. That's the mystery. Where yeah. is Yoshi? Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, he, there hasn't been a clear cut spot for him uh, unless you just wanted to start him over Meadows as the DH. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, with, with Renfro, that was a clear pinch hitting opportunity for him today um, because they brought that was when they brought the lefty in. And uh, yeah. yeah, so Yoshi, if there's like, I'm sure he'll get a plate appearance tomorrow if the opportunity presents itself, maybe even a start. I doubt it, but who knows? Um, but I want to see Yoshi do something awesome in the playoffs because I am a big Yoshi fan. So I think that is going to do it for this episode of the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series. ALCS Game 3, Instant Reaction. We'll be back tomorrow. Who knows what time of the night, but Rays have a 3-0 lead in the ALCS, something that they've never had before in franchise history, and they're one win away from the World Series. That is still uh, an incredible thing to say. So thank you to Jared and Danny, as always. Thank you guys for listening. If you want each of these episodes downloaded directly to your device, make sure to subscribe to this podcast feed and make sure to head on over to DRaysBay.com to check out all the great coverage from this 2020 postseason run, including Jared Ward, who wrote the recap for Game 3 tonight. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Two saves, that makes it. San Diego Castillo.